Hi, my name is Heijin Kalgankar, and I am the founder of The Hot Room. At The Hot Room, we passionately believe that life is too short to be stressed, out of shape, and uninspired. So we've curated the most effective hot yoga and hot Pilates classes, a virtual studio, and now even a podcast so that you can jumpstart your most powerful life. I'm honored to have on this episode Matthew Feltrop, Executive Director of the Padishu Foundation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Ajin, for inviting me. This is exciting to share what we're doing. It is exciting, and we have so many things to share with the world, but I think a good place to start is just to tell our community and the world what the Padishu Foundation is and, and what you're up to. Absolutely. So the mission of the Padishu Foundation is really simple. It's to serve wholesome scratch-made meals to kids that are dealing with food insecurity and to teach them um, about the food that they're eating and um, ways to make healthy choices in their lives. So typically we do that in school settings uh, after school and during the summer we um, work with community center partners that are engaging with those same students and young people to provide them with meals to fight hunger and we also um, make sure that our approach is about creating community at the table and um, talking about food in a really holistic way so that kids can rightfully put the the value that food deserves um, in their life and, and learn to appreciate the social connections that can happen around food. And when I learned about the Padishu Foundation and researched it more, I was shocked about the rates of food insecurity right here in our backyard in Indianapolis. So what you're doing is serving a huge need literally right here in our backyard. Absolutely. Um, The statistics are really staggering. Um, In Indianapolis, one in five kids face uh, daily food insecurity, meaning they don't know where their next meal will come from or or, um, or if it will come. Um, and the rate of um, poverty, unfortunately, for young people in, in Marion County specifically is really high. Um, about 80% of the students in the schools that we serve qualify for free or reduced lunch, which is a a known poverty indicator. And so when you kind of combine the effects of poverty and food insecurity, it's really a perilous situation. And unfortunately that leads to a lot of negative health outcomes and academic outcomes. You know, food is fundamental to everything that we do in our lives. And um, the fact that kids might not know where their next meal comes from or the quality of the food might not be the best, uh, that means that it's gonna have a ripple effect in their lives. So. Our work to serve meals uh, seems so simple, but it really affects lots of aspects of of kids' lives. And as they grow up, uh, it can affect their future as well. So typically we're serving about uh, 2000 meals a week. And um, that is for us has been up to this point, uh, a huge growth. Um, But unfortunately due to what's happening with COVID-19, we've even had to increase that as well. But um, that's been the thrust behind what we do. And there's huge need. I think even in normal times, we get phone calls from schools about once a month um, asking if we have the capacity to grow what we're doing into their school because they see such a need for their student population. 
Yeah, you guys are normally doing so much, but especially during this COVID pandemic, I do want to touch about how that's impacted the Padishu Foundation and the community that you're serving. Um, just to let you all know that are listening, you know, as part of the hot room, we've always uh, been very passionate about giving back to our local community in any way possible. But as our studios and our community grew, um, about over a year ago, we made a con- like a very concentrated effort with partnering with the Padishu Foundation to make a bigger impact within our local community. And so through that partnership, we developed the Hot Yoga for Hot Meals program. And so anyone who was referred to the hot room, uh, we would donate $5, the cost of a healthy, wholesome meal, right, to Mm -hmm. the Padishu Foundation. And um, it's been such an honor and not only to support your efforts financially but then also get our community involved with the organization by volunteering at the school and and engaging with the children and that has given us so much joy so thank you for i guess being there and having an organization like this to partner with well i have to um return the thanks because your you and your community have been incredibly generous um it's been amazing what you all have been able to raise through your hot meals for or hot yoga for hot meals program um and also the fact that so many people have been engaged on a one-to-one basis with the students that we're serving um, as you mentioned, you all were sending uh, some of your community out to help us serve the meals and sit down with kids and have conversations over dinner. And uh, we received tons of reports that your volunteers were the ones that the kids wanted to talk to the most because they mm. were so positive. Um, and I think that has everything to do with all of the values that you all instill in your community about um, being connected and and wellness and um, just living positively. I think that that really rubs off uh, and kids notice things. Uh, They're very perceptive and and they Mm. certainly have noticed that with your all's uh, volunteers coming alongside um, the incredible donations that you've been able to make. Well, I can't wait for the schools to open back <laughs> no. up and for us to go back to normal where we can engage with uh, the children again. Um, so today, what is the date today? Today is April. Is it 11th? I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, I know. Who knows what day it is anymore? But today is April 11th. And obviously, we are in the midst of the global COVID pandemic. So I want to hear a little bit more, Matthew, about how has this pandemic impacted the Padishu Foundation specifically? Yeah, it's been quite an evolution. I mean, I guess it was just a month ago that um, everything kind of shifted. And I think, you know, 2020 was a huge year. We were um, ramping up our capacity as well. And we had just built a new um, production kitchen and teaching kitchen. And so we were on the horizon of a lot of new things. And I think a lot of uh, businesses and small uh, entrepreneurship groups were kind of seeing the same thing. Everything was feeling really um, forward momentum. And then this COVID uh, crisis happened. And We kind of anticipated it a little bit earlier just because we were aware of the fact that kids um, specifically 
were, while they weren't showing symptoms necessarily, they were being really great uh, carriers of the disease. And so we kind of anticipated um, at the beginning of March that schools were going to shut down. Mm. And so we, the first thing that we did was we started talking and we started talking with our partners. We started talking with principals. We started talking with community centers and um, youth workers and, and families. And we were listening. Um, we wanted to know if, if schools close down, what's going to be the impact as it relates to food security. And um, we knew that the gap f- for available food resources would actually grow uh, in that instance. And so um, I think it was the, the middle of March, um, the IPS schools, most of the schools we serve are IPS schools. They decided to close their doors and to transition to um, e-learning or some kind of distance learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't quite worked out at the point when they, they closed the doors. Um, and no one was ready, I think, um, for that shift. But over the weekend, it was a Friday, and over the weekend, we went to the store and um, there are some, and went to all of our vendors and we said, we're going to ramp up our capacity. And so that first week, we grew our capacity four times. We served about 8,500 meals um, that were uh, packaged and delivered to community centers that were serving the kids and families that we had already built relationships with. And it was for us kind of a Herculean effort to turn everything that we were doing um, and focus all of our resources onto producing meals. So um, that was the first thing that we did. Uh, we listened and we knew that there would be a gap and we tried to fill that with um, an increase in, in meal production. And since that first week, we've continued with a surge capacity. Last week, we served um, about 4,000 meals um, and we'll continue to grow um, th- our capacity to, to serve packaged meals um, to kids and families during this time. Uh, so all of those meals are obviously not being distributed at schools. Uh, they're actually being delivered or picked up by these community centers who have youth workers who are in direct contact with uh, these kids and families, and they are distributing the meals via um, a pickup, kind of no contact pickup, or uh, some of them have the capacity to deliver uh, boxes with household items and and the meals that we're serving um, to their porches. So. Uh, it's been a huge shift. Um, one of our values is sustainability, and um, we had shifted to all reusable plates and silverware, and uh, mm-hmm. that was for us. You know, we had to kind of throw that out the the window for the time being because there's such great need, and it's really important to provide a safe meal. And that at this point, uh, CDC recommends having a packaged meal, and so that's what we're doing. I am blown away about yeah. how your you and your team have been able to pivot so quickly and serve in that kind of capacity. And I totally get it. Like, I think that where the Patistry Foundation was with the new kitchen and the what the future was going to look like and that being halted for a moment <laughs> is kind of exactly how the hot room 
felt too. I mean, we have the three studios and then we had Fishers under construction. We have two more slated to open in 2020 and to have a global pandemic be thrown in the mix. Just we had to reinvent ourselves overnight. Exactly. <laughs> and it, you know, there was certainly a moment where I felt like as a leader, oh my gosh, are we just going to not be able to do what we can do? And, you know, I went to sleep and woke up the next morning and said, no, we have to pivot. There's even greater need. We just have to figure out how we can do it. And I know that's the same thing for all business owners. Um, you just have to think differently about what we can do in this time when we're not physically connected with people, but there is still a huge need for interaction and social connection. Uh, absolutely. Now more than ever. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. tell me, Matthew, what challenges are you facing? Like, how are you able to produce in that capacity? Like, did you hire people? Are there more volunteers? Yeah, um, actually, unfortunately, we've cut all of our volunteers. So the, my first priority was increasing that um, our 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 own capacity to produce and and make more meals. Um, but I I knew that in order to do that, we would really need to protect our staff, and so we actually had to unfortunately cut all of our volunteer opportunities from the kitchen and obviously from interacting with the the kids that we're serving. Sure. Um, so we have, instead of, um, you know, hiring more people, we have shifted all of our staff to working in the kitchen. So um, where I had people before working on activities and, and cooking lessons with kids, all of those hands are working in the kitchen to mm -hmm. produce the food that we're serving. Another thing we've done is kind of shifted our schedule. So where we were working a five out, a five day a week uh, kind of operation, Right now, we're working a six or seven day a week operation where people have staggered schedules. They're coming in, doing prep. People are coming in and finishing the, the cooking, and then we're packaging the food and sending it out in different shifts. So it's been a total revamp of our schedules uh, so that we can have the least amount of person-to-person -person contact as possible, but continue that increase in meal production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I see that within our business, too. Um, the we're, We have the resources, the same resources, but everyone is doing something totally different now. Exactly. <laughs> in, in, yeah. With this situation. I mean, I talk, I kind of joke about it, but, you know, Ashish, my husband, um, who mainly does financials and business to business stuff, he is literally on the road making deliveries, right? Mm -hmm. Like we yeah. are all pivoting and reinventing ourselves and figuring out how do we contribute in a new way in this really unusual situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that first the first few weeks I was making all the deliveries. So Yeah. That's just I mean what we had to do is take a step back and I think we were able to react immediately to an an immediate need that we knew would be there. Um, but in the ensuing time we've also had the opportunity to take a step back and reevaluate the landscape. And as the dust has settled, um, we've kind of plugged in those resources and people are resources and, and um, funding is, is a resource, but also all of our time and the effort that we're putting into different projects. And so now all of that is just for all of our team members going into making more meals and serving this immediate need that people have during the crisis. So my next question is, how can our community 
support you? Yeah, so one of our biggest needs right now is funding. Um, so I know that you all are continuing to do some donation-only classes for the foundation, and those are a huge help. Um, the cost of our meals actually went up slightly just because now we're boxing the meals and um, we have to pay for that packaging. Um, and then on top of that, we're doing uh, you know, at least twice as much as we had budgeted and were used to doing in our kitchen. So the the meal costs for us have gone up and funding mm-hmm. continues to be our biggest challenge. But we're also looking for some help from creatives. And I think that your community probably is full of creatives. Um, this week, we're starting an initiative called the Lunchbox Letters which uh, will go out with meals that we're serving to kids uh, via two of our community center partners. And the, these are encouraging notes that um, anyone can write and deliver to our office. We have a no contact drop off station in the back of our uh, parking lot. And uh, you could also mail them to our office. And we're attaching them to the meals that we serve, kind of like when you were a kid, maybe um, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to write notes um, and put them in my lunchbox and they were just a little note to encourage your day. And so we're asking people to write those letters and we're going to attach them to the meals that we're delivering to the kids that we're serving. And so that would be a really great way for your community to get involved in what we're doing right now. Like the whole family could get involved in something like that. Absolutely. I... In fact, the the we've started receiving a few of these, and the ones that kids wrote to another kid to say, "Hey, have a great day. Uh, we're thinking of you," um, have been the cutest thing. So this is definitely a family activity. Oh, that makes my heart so full hearing that. Because um, if you if, if financially supporting supportment is financially supporting is not possible then we can always do something with just an extra effort of letter writing which I, absolutely I, I love that uh, platform yeah and so actually we're also excited because this week we're piloting um, you know with the students that we're serving and um, as the situation has evolved and now this is a school closure for at least the rest of the school year Um, school districts have had to evolve. And so IPS has, um, and certain schools have invested in some technology for students. And um, so one of our partners is the Bonner Center, which runs an EDGE program. And if some of your community have gone to the school that you're serving at, there's an EDGE program there that the kids are going to start um, sharing via Zoom a family meal together. And we're going to be providing the meal to everyone. It'll be delivered to their house and they're all going to log on and eat together. Um, And we'll attach these letters to them as well and some activities for them to use as conversation starters. But that really goes back to exactly what we were doing before, which is using the table as a place to fight hunger, but also a way to regulate our social and emotional health and connect to each other through food and using food as a vehicle instead of just the 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 end it is the means towards an end so um there are lots of ways that we can continue to innovate and i think this lunchbox letters is a way to um provide that human connection that we're all kind of longing for and kids are definitely looking for at this time 
Oh, for sure, the kids. When I see my kids like get on their computers for e-learning, and you see their faces just light up because they see <laughs> yeah. their friends and their teacher, it just um, they're feeling it too, right? In in different ways, but um, that that social isolation is impacting our children, and to be able to think about connection in addition to giving food right is right. seeing that connection is is so important so thank you for sharing that 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 is definitely some, so important to keep in mind um and then at the hot room you know you can always join our virtual studio classes so those classes there's different ways to join but one way is by a simple ten dollar donation and that ten dollars is going straight to the Padishu foundation in fact matthew we're going to be dropping off another check this week to you awesome. and also um uh part of the sales from our virtual boutique where Ash is making all those deliveries. <laughs> um, <laughs> part of those seals are also going to the Padishu Foundation. So we'll continue to do as much as we can and do our part to help support you. But um, well, this information, passing it along to our community, how they can support you in other ways other than financially, the letter writing campaign. Um, please keep us up to date because um, absolutely we are big fans of what you guys are doing. And I, I commend you on overnight changing your operations and how you do things to continue to serve. It's a big deal. Well, likewise, you've done a Herculean effort in um, creating a virtual yoga studio, which didn't <laughs> exist a month ago. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. Look what's possible, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Look yeah. what's possible out of challenging times. Yeah, it's a, it's a growth mindset. There's certainly opportunities. And, and while I know that the community need is, is really great, there are new opportunities for people to connect with each other and find new ways to, you know, practice a daily routine. And um, yoga should definitely be a part of that. Well, Matthew, when the schools open up and we're back to normal, I guess, whatever that normal looks like. Um, I think we should have you back on and we'll get an update on how things look and again, how we can contribute more um, in the school settings and other community outreach work that you're doing. But for now, we will participate in the letter writing campaign and do whatever we can from the hot room to support you financially. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I would love to come back and tell you what normal looks like when we get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> me too all right hot room community thank you so much for listening thank you matthew for your time um, of course join us in the virtual studio take care of yourselves be strong be healthy we'll see you on your mats thank you hey jen